This is 89.3 Huntsville Public Radio. Welcome to the Sundial Writer's Corner. I'm Dory Nutt, one of the program's producers, along with Brett Tannehill. Today, we welcome another new contributor to Sundial, Chris Gorman. Today, Chris recounts a really creepy experience he had during his college years. Back in college, my cousin Steve mentioned to me that he wanted to start a ghost hunting team. He had recently gotten into a lot of ghost hunting shows and wanted to give it a go himself. He even went out and bought some ghost hunting tools. Truthfully, when he first mentioned it to me, I wasn't really interested. Sure, I believed in the possibility of ghosts, but was also skeptical of their existence. In the end, I decided to join him, as did our cousin Kevin. My reasoning for joining was one part curiosity and two parts my aunt asking me to make sure Steve didn't do anything stupid. We visited a couple of locations which were believed to be haunted in my hometown of Schenectady, New York. Eventually, we even formed an official group called the Schenectady Paranormal Investigation Team, or SPIT for short. I suggested we added a few words to make it spirit. I, however, was adamantly outvoted in favor of SPIT. Schenectady is three hours north of New York City along the old Erie Canal route. It is an old town dating back to the 1600s from colonial massacres, fires, and clan wars to the occasional drop in value of General Electric stock, it has seen its share of horrors. As I said, we visited several locations that were suspected of paranormal activity, as well as others that people asked us to check out. Besides a few minor occurrences like orbs and chills that many amateur ghost hunting teams reported experiencing, we never had any major occurrences. Vale Cemetery, one of the oldest cemeteries in town, would change that. Inside, there's a grave marker that is commonly referred to as the Black Witch. From our research, residents of the town reported seeing satanic rituals taking place here. Additionally, visitors reported seeing the statue cry blood. So, as any good college-age kids would do, we decided to check it out. We arrived at the statue just after 1 a.m. and began our investigation. We each took our normal roles. Steve took pictures of the statue to be examined for spectral analysis later. Kevin examined the statue for tears of blood or any other weird phenomenon, and I walked around the area with our trusty EMF reader. It detects electromagnetic fields, which, if you believe, will typically occur in the presence of ghosts. The stronger the EMF reading, the stronger the presence. The device was simple. It was about the size of a garage door opener and contained three indicator lights, green for no activity, yellow for moderate activity, and red for danger level activity. Honestly, at the time, I thought this thing was a piece of junk. It was always green. Every now and then it would flicker yellow, but nothing noteworthy. Some time goes by, and still nothing. I was about ready to call this a bust. Then suddenly, a cold chill traveled down my back, and I started to see my breath. It was a cold night, sure, but I hadn't been able to see my breath until now. I called out to my cousins and asked if they thought it was getting colder. They both said that the temperature seemed the same to them. Confused, I told them, well... It feels really cold over here. Steve handed the camera to Kevin and came over to where I was standing. As he got closer, he mentioned that the closer he got, the colder it felt. He too commented that he could now see his breath. As Steve and I conversed about our breath and why this one spot was drastically colder than the surrounding area, we heard Kevin call out with obvious fear in his voice. Um, guys, I think we need to go. Steve and I turned towards him, confused, and inquired to the reason why. When I faced him, I saw him looking at the camera Steve had handed him earlier. It appeared to me that he was going through the picture Steve had taken of the statue. He had a seriously fearful expression on his face. 
He turned toward us about to say something, and as he did, he froze. His fearful expression had now turned to panic. Speechless, he pointed straight towards my hand. The distraction earlier of seeing my breath and the cold chill had made me completely forget about the EMF reader. It was now glowing bright red. Not a moment later, Kevin took off towards the car. Without hesitation, Steve and I followed. I am certain if we had not, Kevin would have taken off without us. Kevin floored it through the cemetery, taking hard turns, just trying to get out of that place. I was in the back seat and didn't have time to put my seatbelt on, so I was feeling it. As we made our way to the exit, I couldn't take my eyes off the EMF reader. It was still glowing bright red, and I swear on my life, it stayed red all the way through the cemetery. Only after we went through the cemetery gate did it drop back to green. None of us were really in a good place to drive at this point, so we pulled off to the side of the road just outside the cemetery to catch our breaths. After a few minutes of silence except for the air going in and out of our lungs, I remembered that Kevin was spooked by something he saw on the camera. I asked him what he saw. He said, you guys need to see this. He picked up the camera, which he had hurriedly thrown on the passenger seat's floor. He then pulled up the picture that had started the chain of events, and what I saw still sits vividly in my mind to this day. Standing beside Kevin, emerging from the statue, was a tall, ghostly figure with broad shoulders looking straight at him. We never had another event like that, even after we had returned to the Black Witch statue. I still have this picture today, and while I can't say for certain if I believe ghosts exist, I can say for certain I will never forget the events of that night and the picture that sent it into a craze. First-time Sundial contributor Chris Gorman is Yankee-born, but now lives in the South. He moved to Alabama 13 years ago and hopes to one day work in the space industry. A fan of football, Chris cheers for the New York Giants and the Crimson Tide. You can be spooked by Chris's story again by going to the Sundial archives at WLRH.org. All the past stories and poems of our Sundial writers live there under the Programs tab. We'll be bringing you a new episode of Sundial every Monday morning at 9 here on 89.3 Huntsville Public Radio.